Hi, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to the MM&M Podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the editor-in-chief and general manager of MM&M, and we are coming to you live from the floor of Health 2021 in my hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. Got a great guest today. We're sitting in a booth. You can't, you know, obviously it's a podcast, right? So you can't see us, but we're sitting in a booth in the middle of a convention floor, and it's a glass booth, and I think that every other person that walks by knows my guest. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Gita Nayar, MD, also known as Dr. G. She's the SVP, Executive Medical Director at Salesforce. And why do you know everybody here? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. Well, I don't know everyone here, and I would argue that your name is way more popular. I mean, Steve Madden, you have like a whole shoe line. I know, but Steve Madden, that Steve Madden is a convicted felon. And, uh, is he really? He really is. He was the guy in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to change your name? Are you thinking It's too late it? now. <laughs> you did an alias. You did an alias. Like Dr. G? There that's, you go. That's See, right. there we go. I can be Mr. M. <laughs> <laughs> but listen... You know, part of the reason why you might know everybody is because uh, you work for Salesforce, which is such a big company. But why does Salesforce have a, a doctor on staff? You know, I've had so many people ask that question. And, and what I would say is that we're, you know, Salesforce is not the only company that has a chief medical sure. officer sure. or a team of docs and nurses. Amazon does, Walmart does, Delta now does, right? So, you know, we, we all appreciate that we are in the middle of a global pandemic. And health and safety is number one for everyone, including at Salesforce, right? If we're not leading with the health and safety of our employees or our customers, we can't possibly have the trust of the folks we're doing business with. So that's that's an important priority for us. But secondly, digital transformation, right? So as we think about the healthcare business at Salesforce, we are front and center at the pandemic, whether we're talking about our vaccine cloud technologies and rolling out vaccines throughout this pandemic, marketing cloud, our virtual care from anywhere solutions. We are very much about innovating and making, helping enable the patient-doctor relationship. So I would say that we need more doctors and more nurses because digital transformation needs to happen with clinical leadership and not at clinical leadership. That's a great point. So, you know, this might sound like a glib question, but what do you do all day? Well, I get to hang out with you, Mr. M, which is definitely a highlight of my day today. Look, you know, a person like me, an exec like me, um, whether at Salesforce or other companies, really, again, you bring on a, a chief medical officer, a physician leader to really help inform product development, business development, thought leadership, both in and outside, right? So earlier today, I was talking to um, folks internally about COVID, wellness, um, you know, just facts about what's going on right now. But it's also to be inside out, right? So as I'm talking with folks in the industries like those here at Health, bringing that back to our teams internally and saying, hey, you know, we need to be mindful of this, that, or the other, or this new regulation has happened, or this new movement is happening, because everything certainly right now in healthcare is so fast, so dynamic. And again, coming from the industry at a company that is not a healthcare uh, company traditionally, right? And I've also been in this role before. I was the chief medical officer at AT&T. It's a very similar role, and again, very similar to many of my counterparts uh, at other companies as well. And I'm, I'm just excited 
to be part of uh, moving the industry forward at a time where physicians need us, nurses need us, and patients need us, frankly. What, uh, what made you want to make the switch from being um, a clinician, say, to, uh, to working in positions like this? So, Mr. M, I have not made that, that switch. So I still practice. I'm a rheumatologist, um, and I work at the University of Miami in Little Haiti at uh, the University of Miami. And it's been really a humbling time to practice medicine and straddle my role here at Salesforce. So I'm really privileged to be able to continue to do both. I hope to do it my whole life. And I've learned a lot. I, I continue to learn from my medical students, my residents, and from patients. We learned a lot about telemedicine that we, we never knew about uh, until the pandemic hit. And so it's an exciting time to, to be able to do that, as well as offer some of the technologies that I know will help us on the front lines and where I know that it won't, right? Right. So as we think about health equity, as we think about broadband, as we think about so many things technology can't solve, I think it's important we double down on the places where we can and also move the needle forward where we can culturally and with change management and leadership, et cetera. How do you make that work? How do you make such a senior level executive position and a medical practice? And it sounds like you teach as well. How do you make all of that work? So again, it's hard, right? Like everything, but, but number one, it's my passion. Seeing patients has always been my passion. I'm not ready to, to let that go. And I've been really privileged that Salesforce allows me to do it. The University of Miami allows me to do it. And I, and I do, I have medical students, I have residents, so they do so much. And I'm not doing it a lot, right? I'm doing it when I can. Mm -hmm. I try to do it at least once a week. There's great backup. There's great coverage. I'm not on call. So there are ways to do it, particularly as an outpatient internist and rheumatologist. But it is definitely not easy. And I got to make up the time when I'm out. And I got to say, hey, guys, I'm out. When I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> it's a lot of balls to keep in the air at the same time. It is. But, you know, I think when you love what you do, you do that, right? right. Some of us enjoy, um, enjoy multiple hats. And I think I'm just one of those folks. So you mentioned a couple of things um, that I'd like to come back to and see if we can't tie them together. You talked about digital transformation, and you also talked about telehealth. W what has your experience been with the two of them? Those are two strands that, that uh, can tie together um, pretty easily. Since, uh, since the pandemic began, what's your experience with it been? It, was, it seems like it's been accelerated greatly. So I'm going to first answer that with a history lesson. So if we go back in time, I am one of those physicians that that trained in the time of the EHR revolution. And I actually was in D.C. at the time of the Obama Act, the Stimulus Act, the High Tech Act, when all of this started. So while learning to be a doctor, I was also learning how to use an EHR. Uh, I was also in Miami and learning Spanish, medical Spanish at the same time. So again, you see the multiple hats theme going. Yeah. So there was a lot of promise of health tech at the beginning of my career. You know, health tech, the EHRs, they were supposed to solve everything. And there was going to be all this data and analytics. And, you know, they weren't going to need doc. We weren't going to need doctors anymore. It's all going to be robots. <laughs> the pandemic hits. We realize how fractured our system is. We realize some of the downstream effects of some of these technology investments. And I think what finally happened is all the things all of us talked about in healthcare, which is how do we meet the consumer where they're at, just like hospitality, just like banking, just like so many other industries that have digitally transformed with Salesforce's help, right? There finally was this appetite in healthcare that said, you know what? Those legacy systems may not actually be the, the promise that we all thought they were. And they're certainly part of the solution and the problem, but we need to have a digital transformation happen. And while so many of us think of telehealth as separate from that, I say that the, they're the both, right? I sit on the board of the American Telemedicine Association. And our view is that it's a suite of technologies and tools 
that are virtual health or telemedicine. It's not just the video visit. I can tell you in Little Haiti, number of patients I saw on the phone. They couldn't get enough broadband. They didn't have the infrastructure for a video visit. But could we talk about their diabetes? Would I, did they have their finger stick at home? Was I able to manage them? Absolutely. Did we do a clinical visit while they were at home and, and I was? Yes, we did. And that was telemedicine. And so part of that learning is understanding that different societies, different communities have different access, and we want to have a suite of tools, just like we do for everything else, even in the operating room, right? You've got, you've got different things that do, you know, you've got the scalpel, you've got your scissors, you've got other tools that are available to you at any time given the situation, and we have to think about technology the same way. How do you, how do you reconcile... Um this sort of digital transformation with the fact that access to digital technologies isn't, isn't uh, equitable. Um, you know, are we at risk for you know, creating another two-tiered system? So I think that's something that we as an interest industry have to address, right? This has been a long-standing issue before technology, before the pandemic. This is, has long-standing been an issue. We need to be mindful of that. We need to be inclusive of that. But I think it does truly go back to having this, this suite of products. You know, one of the things that we do at the University of Miami, Miami is home visits. Right? You don't typically see this in the middle, upper-class community. But this actually goes a long way for the communities that we serve, particularly the indigent population and social determinants of health and the things we're working with in those populations. So it's not just about technology, it's about understanding there are different strokes for different folks, right? And there always has been, you know, your grandparents may have been similar to my grandparents and that they would actually like to go to the doctor's office, right? There's this reverence uh, of, of that generation and, and this idea that, you know, you wanna be examined, even if you're there for a diabetes checkup, but you want someone to put a stethoscope on your chest. So. We have to be mindful of that, and I don't think it's generational. I, I don't think it's age-biased uh, or, uh, or cultural. We just have to understand that as physicians, what works for different patients, and we have to be able to offer that, right? No different than when you opt into a survey and they ask, would you like to be texted, emailed, or receive a phone call? The patient should drive that. The consumer should say, this is my preference. This is what I want. And then I think it's incumbent on us as an industry to offer that suite to those patients. Are you able, when you're doing home visits, uh, are you able to assess technology in home to say, like, you know, to come back and say, this, this is someone who's got access to, uh, you know, a burner phone uh, or something like, you know, has, has great uh, broadband technology at home? So, you know, that's not the primary role for, for most home right. visits. There's usually a, a social situation, a, a situation around walking and ambulation that has to be assessed. So I would say it's not a top priority, at least with, with our group. But I, I think it should be. I think that's an excellent point and, and probably independent of whether it's a home visit or not. Again, asking the consumer, asking the patient, what is your preference? What would you like? And, and I think that's where the industry's at right now is we're trying to figure out where vir virtual visits or telemedicine, the suite of digital technologies, can make the biggest impact versus not, right? So like babies still have to be born, surgeries have to be done, chest pain still happens. These are not visits that should be done virtually, right? right? But is it counseling for a pregnancy or pre-pregnancy? Absolutely. Is it postpartum depression and counseling? Absolutely. So I think now the next level of this is figuring out where everything fits and what should be automated and what should not, to your point, right? Because we don't want to create a digital divide. We do want to understand there are gaps. But, you know, this there's no silver bullet, and, and technology is not going to be the silver bullet, but it gives us options. It gives us options we didn't have before, and we're in an environment where 
look, even if we can automate 60% of things or offer things virtually 60%, that leaves 40% to do the in-person things, or that leaves 40% of the time for the things you mentioned, which is how do you figure out home visits? How do you figure out broadband access? How do you get devices in the hands of folks who don't have them? It gives us the opportunity to offload much of the burden that the front lines, doctors, nurses, the care team are feeling right now. So, you know, when I think about Salesforce, I tend to think of enterprise level solutions. Um, And a lot of what you're talking about happens at a very basic patient level. Is this something completely new for Salesforce? Or are you coming at it more from, again, like an enterprise level, working with uh, hospital networks, uh, major universities, organizations like that? So we're not new to the space. We've been in healthcare a long time. This is absolutely an, an, an enterprise value proposition, but all of it with an eye towards the patient-physician relationship, right? So again, you asked why I'm at Salesforce. This is part of why, right? It's to keep the relevance. It's to make sure that whatever enterprise solution is invested, whatever that digital investment is, it's, it's not an incumbent to that relationship, right? Which again, we've learned from the health tech revolution. We've learned from the electronic medical records, and we want to be mindful of where the legacy systems fit and where a technology like Salesforce can value add and really augment those things, particularly pre-visit, during the visit, and post-visit, but from very much from a consumer lens, right? We are a CRM company. Right. Have you been to any talks here at Health? So I will tell you my flight was canceled, and I actually missed my own talk on Sunday because I would have said it was amazing and fantastic, and that was absolutely <laughs> no the showcase of the, of the show. Not because of me, but because of the other panelists like Abner Mason and uh, some folks from the ATA. But I did get to catch uh, yesterday's session uh, with Farzad Mastashari on vying for value. And I thought it was a terrific discussion, the American family of physicians. And just again, a lot of the discussions we've been having about how everything changed really in a short amount of time. And now where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? It's a great segue. Listen, I think there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, we've been through a lot. The healthcare system has been through a lot. We're seeing a lot of attrition of nurses, of ancillary staff, doctors. Digital technology and infrastructure is going to be a huge need, not a nice to have. It is going to be a huge need to scale, right? We're never going to have enough doctors. We're never going to have enough nurses. We certainly don't have enough rheumatologists like me. But, you know, virtual visits... The opportunity to text information, the opportunity to call center optimize, all of that's connected. And one piece we never really talk about is digital transformation is how does digital transformation help misinformation, right? Because if I'm able to put you on a patient journey from Marketing Cloud and Health Cloud, Mr. M, Steve Madden, you will never go to Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram for information about boosters, for example, which is in the news, right? Because you're going to be like, oh, Dr. G's got this whole set of information for me, and she knows me. Right. She knows me, my situation. So, you know, technology, particularly social media, has been sort of discussed as a contributor to misinformation, but technology can help us get out of this in that health systems have not typically thought of digital transformation, have not thought of digital marketing as a core part of their business. It's always been sort of an afterthought because clinical care was topmost. And I would argue that now part of clinical care is offering that information, being the source of truth, because there's so many downstream effects that affect the health system because they're not able to manage. You know, your patients walk in and they've already made up their diagnosis. They've already self-diagnosed, self-treated. And it's like going to the car mechanic and me just saying, you know, change the, I don't know, carburetor, right? I know nothing about this, clearly. 
And they're like, well, no, but you need an oil change. You need to do this, this. And I'm like, no, no, I know. I read it on Google. <laughs> right? Yes. So. That's, uh, that's one of the unfortunate facts about social media. But what the digital transformation you're talking about allows is that kind of connection between a trusted, uh, a trusted healthcare provider and a patient who might be in the movable middle. You know, might have a lot of questions. Isn't buying that there's absolutely nothing wrong with this vaccine. Um, but when, once they, they're able to talk to you, whether it's through texts, whether it's through a phone call or, uh, or a, um, you know, a Zoom call, and they can hear directly from you, that could help um, push, push that over the, the goal line. You got it. And whatever is their preference. If they want to have that conversation in person, they want to do it virtually, we're giving them the opportunity that we haven't before. So one other thing, you missed your, your speaking slot yesterday. What were you going to talk about? So we were actually going to talk about what happens next and the digital divide and where, where are the, where are the, where's the promise, where's the hope, and where are there gaps that we need to fix, very similar to this conversation. Good. Well, I'm glad we were able to provide you with the forum. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you've been really busy. I can tell from all the people banging on the window and, <laughs> and how you're running around. So I really appreciate your time. It's been, uh, it's been great having you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the MM&M podcast with Steve Madden, editor-in-chief of MM&M. And my guest has been Dr. Uh, Dr. G. I'm just going to say Dr. G. Uh, Gita uh, Nayar from Salesforce. Thanks very much for joining us, Dr. G. Thanks so much, Mr. M. I'm going to go get some new shoes now. You've inspired me. <laughs> well, it's not me, but uh, <laughs> go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you.